but it is about that one action, that one step towards putting it out there. And it's scary, and that's a good sign. If it is scary, you are on the right track. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real-life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash dreamjob. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals from blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Society6 for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Society6.com fosters a leading global design marketplace that allows you to enhance the appearance of your lifestyle and support the world's most talented artists at the same time. Go to society6.com slash dreamjob and enter my code dreamjob at checkout to receive 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's society6.com slash dreamjob and the code is dreamjob. That's all one word. It's S-O-C-I-E-T-Y 6, the number 6.com slash dreamjob and the code is again one word, dreamjob. Hey guys, what's up? It's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I was at Podcast Movement this week. I spoke there. Really fun time. Got to meet a lot of cool people. One of the things that I realized, and I realized this over and over again, anytime you do something, if you do one thing, it's actually equal to like three things. Because every time you do something, it reverberates. Other things happen that you didn't necessarily expect were going to happen. There's ripple effects of things. So I go to Podcast Movement, and I was excited to meet people. I was excited to speak there. But I didn't know who I was going to meet. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I get there and I got to meet with Macmillan. My publisher was there. I got to have lunch and um, check in with them. And that was awesome to meet them in person. Uh, The Apple folks were there and I got to uh, hang out with them. And that was so awesome. And I got to meet so many people that I didn't think I was going to meet, including Luria Petrucci, who's our guest today. And what's awesome about Luria is it's just another example. Yet again, it's another example of someone who started something And it wound up being something bigger than she probably ever dreamed it would be. So she started out doing like tech reviews over video. And she was one of the first people to have like a a video podcast. And um, that sort of grew and grew until she had 2 million uh, social media followers. And she had like a billion video views. And, you know, clearly it goes without saying she was able to quit her day job. She was able to make lots of money. She's somebody who's now helping other people figure out How do you leverage using live video? How do you leverage sort of the internet to do what it is that you want to do? So that's exciting. We're going to talk to her today and see what pieces of her story relate to you guys and what can you take away from that. Another thing that was interesting about Podcast Movement is that I got there, I walk into the room where I'm going to be speaking about 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go on and I realized that the room was pretty packed and it was a bigger space than I had envisioned in my head. You know, my producer said to me, you know, Cass, just prepare yourself. Whether you speak to four people or 400 people, you know, it's all going to be great. And even if there's only four people there, if you really inspire those people, it's all worth it. And I was like, that's totally true. So when I was driving down there, I wasn't expecting, you know, a room packed with people, you know, people standing by the door. Um, That's what it was. And um, I took some of my own medicine that I tell you guys. And I like took a couple of laps around the block before I went in. And I just got myself in that headspace of, what is the priority? Is the priority to be perfect all the time? Or is the priority to trust that you have something that you're so passionate and enthusiastic and inspired about? And by you feeling that genuine, authentic feeling about whatever it is you're talking about, that's going to translate. And if it's really about that, and it's really about having fun and connecting and just being in that moment, then it doesn't matter. Nobody says you have to be perfect, right? And so part of my talk, actually, I wanted to give you some of the takeaways from my talk. Um, and it wound up going really well. I had a really good time. And um, I feel like the crux of what I wound up saying was that so many people just they just don't do anything like they keep the, you know, what, what is that saying? They say analysis leads to paralysis. It's like we keep overthinking everything. And so I met a lot of podcasters who haven't even put out their podcast. They've just been thinking about it for the last 18 months or three years or 16 years. And why is it that we need to be, you know, so perfect, especially before we've gone out the gate? 
you're not going to know what it's going to look like. And you can't know. And the fun thing is that it's going to keep evolving and you're going to find your voice, whatever it is, whether it's a blog, whether it's your craft, whether it's you're going to open the design firm, whether it's you're going to have a shop, it's going to continue to evolve, whatever your pursuit is. And you never truly know where you're gonna be 16 steps from now. So what we need to do is we need to put stuff out there and we need to test it, you know, write several blog posts and then go back and say, oh, which one got the most hits? Which one related most to this person? You know, whatever it is you're doing, if you're creating, you know, songs, right? You're writing, you're a songwriter. So write a bunch of songs and then look at the feedback you've gotten and, and then see if you can analyze it. I had an echocardiogram recently and I went in and the doctor, you know, said, oh, you're going to, you know, go down. The technician's going to like listen to your heart, and record your heart for about 30 to 40 minutes. And I came back and it's not the most comfortable procedure, but whatever. And I came back and I said to the doctor, why do you have to do it for 30 to 40 minutes? He's like, well, your heart beats on average 60 to 100 times per minute. And I've got to see it beat for a little while until I can see if there's a pattern, if I can see if there's anything wrong and if I can see it's if everything's cool. So think about that. You know, if your heart beats 60 to 100 times a minute, let's say 100 times just for easy math. So over 30 minutes, that's 3,000 times. So before he's going to give you any kind of feedback, before he's going to even begin to assess anything, he's going to see it 3,000 times. So how often are people hitting it hard, grinding out content, grinding out their work, making contacts, having conversations, and then after 3,000 attempts, do they stop and say, okay, what's going right? What's going on? No, what most people do is they don't even get to the first attempt because what they're doing is they're trying to really have it all figured out. They're trying to understand exactly where they're supposed to be at the end and what's it supposed to look like. You're going to change your website probably 24 times. You're going to keep improving whatever it is you're working on, hopefully many, many times. You're just going to get better and better. And so what's more important than having it all figured out before you just start is starting and doing and doing and doing and doing and then you can go back and you should then assess things and make things better and look at what's working and do it again of course you should part of success is that redefining your approach until you get it right yes absolutely and the other part is consistently putting in the hustle. So if you're consistently hustling and then every time there's a decent chunk of data, a decent chunk of work, a decent chunk of content that you can then assess and evaluate and then make a change, eventually you will hit whatever that sweet spot is and people will start to identify and relate and connect. There'll be a connection and it will start to take off. Um, one of the things that I want to start doing is more of Facebook Live and really letting you know when I'm going to do that. So if you guys have not joined the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, come on over and join it. I've been going live on Facebook a bunch, especially lately, but I want to have a set time. I want to do this every single Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I want you to know that you can count on it, that I'm going to be there so you can talk to me, so you can know if you loved the episode on Monday or you had a question about the episode or you have a question about something else or you just want to talk about whatever. I want you to know that you can find me, you can engage with me, we can talk to each other Thursday in the morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Facebook group. So go find the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and come and you can find me there. The other thing you can do there is meet a whole bunch of other people who have been listening to the show who are not just listening passively, but they're taking action and they're giving each other lots of support. And it's really fun to see people you know, inspired doing their thing because I think it inspires everybody else. So come join the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. Okay, as far as your questions, let me answer some of the questions that you guys posted on Instagram. If you guys haven't started following on Instagram, come on over. It's kathy.heller, C-A-T-H-Y dot H-E-L-L-E-R. I do some giveaways on there. You can see some photos of my baby, but also um, every now and then I post something about submitting a question. I want to hear from you guys and I want to answer your questions. So Here's some of the questions I've been asked. Kendra says, I'm a filmmaker, but I have a really hard time staying focused on my craft. I have a passion for so many different things, graphic design and theater and health and wellness, travel, vintage clothing, the list goes on. I'm constantly busy with all sorts of projects, but because of this, I never fully have time to dedicate my life to film. How can you balance all of your passions that make you happy, but make sure you're not spread too thin that you lose focus on your career goals? Thank you so much for the inspiration and amazing podcast. You're awesome. Thanks, Kendra. So here's, here's what I would say to that. 
I'm a person who has lots of different interests. I feel like a lot of creative people tend to like a lot of things. Some might like what you're like what you're saying, graphic design and theater, and you also like travel. Okay, fine. So here's what's really helpful. It doesn't have to be this existential crisis of what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? Sometimes there's this fear of, well, if I let go of focusing right now in this moment on all six of these passions, then I'm never gonna get to do these things. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spread myself thin and I'm gonna spend 10% of my energy doing 10 things. And then I'll never really be able to double down and triple down and 6X anything and nothing will really get off the ground. So that actually really limits us. But what I would encourage you to think about is that your life is gonna continue to evolve and it doesn't have to be that in this moment you 100% absolutely know which thing you wanna focus on. You can pick the first thing The one thing that right now, when you close your eyes, take a second, close your eyes and picture yourself doing each one of these things. In this moment right now, which is the one you just feel more drawn to? Which is the one that when you think about it, your chest just feels sort of like open and your body starts to just feel more relaxed? Whichever one that is right now that just gets you more excited, that's the one you're going to focus on right now. And you're going to focus on that. And if you focused on any of these things, it's amazing how all of those talents, by the way, you can incorporate. Like, let's say you're a filmmaker. Well, you can definitely incorporate graphic design. You can definitely incorporate aspects of theater. You can definitely incorporate travel and you can definitely incorporate vintage clothing. It's all stuff that can start to be folded in. But what's also cool is you're going to start one thing And then that one thing, you're going to do that. You're going to do that and do that and do that. And then you're going to see if that works, if that really clicks, if you're really meant for it, if the world starts to give you feedback that you're on the right track. And if not, you might switch gears because it might lead you into something else. And then by the time 10 years rolls around, you might be somewhere else that actually leads you to, to passion number three. Let me give you an example. So when I came to LA, I was focused on songwriting. I wanted to get a record deal. That was all I wanted to do. So what happened was I got a couple record deals offered to me after a lot of hustle and after a lot of trying to be somebody I wasn't. And then I got dropped from the record labels, both of them different times. And then I started focusing on other things. And I then came back to music and said, let me find some way to do it. So I wound up figuring out that my music really found its way in TV shows and ads and and film TV, licensing my songs to those things. But then I really, truly love inspiring people. So I wound up, even though all my songs were about these sort of inspirational messages, and again, if you stay tuned at the end of every show, you're gonna hear one of my songs. So you'll hear one of my songs today. Um, It's actually a song called Heart of a Hero that was recently on a show called Younger. Um, If you guys watch Younger, it was on a few weeks ago. And I've been getting all these emails about it. In fact, today I got an email from a woman who has cancer and she said that um, the song really spoke to her and she wants to know if they can use it um, for this cause. And I really was so touched by it. So I'm going to play that for you at the end of the show today. It's called Heart of a Hero. In any case, all of my songs sort of have these inspirational messages. I've always been drawn to using any talent, any medium, any possible resource that I have. I've always been drawn to using it to lift somebody else up. And so I was using my my songs at first for that. And then I wound up being written about in some magazines like Variety and Billboard and the LA Weekly. And people started asking me to speak. And I got a lot of feedback that the speaking was really resonating. And then I started teaching classes um, to songwriters. And then one of the students in my classes said, wow, you're so inspiring. Maybe you should talk to all kinds of creative people, not just songwriters. And I was introduced to somebody who helps me produce this podcast now. And then I got a book deal, right? And so next year, um, because the book will be out and I will continue to you know, be talking to you guys, um, who knows what the next step is? I guess what I'm saying is what you do is you just have to go all in on one thing because by giving something your all, you start to realize Does that really resonate with the world? And the world will start to give you feedback and you'll start to feel that you're in the flow or you're not. And you'll start realizing just based on you giving things your all and seeing what kind of things you create and how that connects with other people, it'll start to show you like, oh, actually the part of what you're doing that connects with everybody else is this one aspect. Remember when Brian Januski was here 
he does all that pottery and he was talking about how he was trying to make art that he thought was like, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, it was kind of pretentious. He wanted to make art that only artists would think were, was cool. And eventually he made these drippy pots, which is what he makes now. They were these pretty porcelain, happy looking pots that looked like ice cream cones. And somebody said, oh, I would buy those. And he kept making this other art. And then he realized that, wait, the world really loves this thing. There was a there was a moment where something he did connected with what somebody else would say, I also find that beautiful. And so the world starts to show you, but what's amazing is you don't realize when you're starting where you're gonna land, but by going all in and putting in your full hustle and your full heart and your full enthusiasm, things are gonna start to play themselves out as they should. And then the world and you together you're gonna figure out exactly which one you're supposed to choose. Does that make sense? So I want you to try something and I want you to go for it. And one of the things that's really frustrating and it's frustrating for everyone is you've gotta put in that work and that nobody really knows. And at 18, when you're trying to declare your major in college, it's almost impossible that you're gonna know exactly what that's gonna look like or if that's really what you're gonna to wanna to do by the time you're 48. But everybody's gotta put in that work and that hustle and that trial and error. And there isn't a way around it. There's no one who can come up and tell you, this is exactly what you're meant to do. This is exactly what you're gonna be good at. The world is definitely gonna want it. So do this right now. Because we don't have enough data, right? I mean, that's why everybody that you've heard on our show, they start in one thing, they try something else, and then they keep trying it, keep redefining it. And then it winds up becoming bigger than they ever thought possible. But they had to get in the lab, they had to get their feet on the court, and they had to start getting their hands messy in order to figure that out. So I hope that that helps. Next question. So Comrade says, I'm currently working a full-time job and he wants to quit. So I asked our guest today, I asked her this question. And so if you stay tuned, um, she answered this. And if you come to my Facebook Q&A and you want to ask me this, you want to check it out, um, show up on Thursdays at 10 a.m. and you and I can chat about that also. Parker Dillon says, what are your thoughts on the current sync licensing industry or companies like MusicBet a good route? So I replied to you on Instagram, but the current music licensing industry is awesome. If you guys are songwriters and you want to be working on your music and getting your music closer to being ready for film and TV and getting it there, come join the 21 day challenge on Facebook that I started. Um, You're going to find some awesome opportunities. So come check us out there. Meg Elizabeth, you said, what are your suggestions for dealing with a chronic illness if you can't work a standard nine to five job and you're trying to make a living through your craft? So I asked our guest today this question and she answered you. But what I will also say is it's so hard. I mean, I can't imagine having a chronic illness. But what I can say is this, okay? I've met so many people who have tremendous limitations and they don't use that as an excuse. Um, I have a friend, Mia Shakowitz. You guys can look her up. Um, She's been in a wheelchair since she's 16 and you should see what she's doing with her life. Um, I have a father who's deaf and um, he is a psychologist and he gets on the stand and he's an expert witness and he's made his whole career out of listening to other people and he's had so many challenges and he just keeps going. And I think one of the things that we have to do is we have to make no excuses because whatever our circumstances are, we can't allow that to take away our entire life, right? And so for a lot of people, they feel like maybe that's actually helpful and supportive to say to themselves, well, the reason I can't be doing this is because I have this limitation. But that actually robs us of any responsibility or any accountability. What if we said, okay, I have this limitation and I'm gonna figure this out anyway. I mean, how many people have you known in your life who you've been inspired by, whether you've read their books? You know, I guess what I'm saying is, is there are people who have it much harder. There are people who have circumstances that you just can't deny. It is so hard. But what if you go for it anyway? And how much more so will you inspire other people around you if that's your story and you don't let that define you? So I would encourage you to keep going and figure out how can you pursue it? How can you do it? And don't let that define you. In fact, I would start vlogging about it. I would start talking to other people about it. By you knowing that you're lifting other people up, doing what you're doing with the circumstances you have, you will inspire other people times five, you have the opportunity, you have the ability, you have the capacity to inspire people on a level that not everybody else can because you're gonna be able to show them that whatever it is you're doing, that's worth triple than whatever anyone else is doing. And in that way, you can inspire people and you can speak a language that not everybody can. So in some ways, you have an advantage if that makes sense. Check out Mia Shakowitz, by the way, if you you haven't. She's a friend of mine and she's awesome. 
So miles and miles of photo fun, that's her handle. She said, what's your advice to help individuals find their passion or interest so they can pursue it? Many adults have been conditioned with school work and don't know what their purpose is. It's a great question. And there's over 100,000 books on Amazon related to what's my passion, all that kind of stuff. I think you're right. I think people have been conditioned to stay in the lines. I think people have been conditioned not to try. I think people are conditioned that they don't want to get a bad grade, that they don't want to fail, that they want everyone's approval. And that's why they don't know what their passions are. Because there is that low-hanging fruit. There are those things like, oh yeah, I like to play cello. Or, oh yeah, I really like to write. Or, oh yeah, I love to paint. But then this voice comes in our head real quickly and says, yeah, but are you going to make money at it? Are you really good at it? Are you perfect at it? Are you as good as so-and-so? So that's where we need to start looking at that. If you're really honest with yourself, you know that there are certain things that you like doing. Now, you might not be able to figure out which one is going to A, make you money or which one is going to be the ultimate thing that you should pursue, but you can start trying. You can start trying different things. I met a guy at Podcast Movement who now is making hundreds of millions of dollars. And when I was talking to him and finding out his story, he had tried two other businesses They were creative ideas for businesses. He had tried two other creative ideas before this final one, this third one that really worked. Okay, he's been doing this new thing for 11 years. And he gave those other businesses each about a year and a half, but he didn't know he was going to give them a year and a half. He went all in and just within a year and a half realized like that wasn't the right business or he, one of them, he was like too early. Okay, like technology hadn't caught up, but I think now it would have made sense. But the point is, if you try stuff, you can move on to the next thing. And if you look at it, like let's say it did take you three years of trying some stuff until you really hit it and you figured out what you're meant to be working on. So what? It takes people sometimes like two years or four years to get a degree, right? But you're gonna be working on stuff and actually getting real life experience that they're gonna only get once they finish that degree and then they're gonna still have to try to build their business or their practice or implement it or whatever it is. So instead of trying to take a quick way there, When we try stuff, we're going to gain experience and we're going to start to see. And I know that that's not the answer you want to hear because what you want to hear is someone to tell you exactly what it is, but you're going to figure that out just by getting in the game. So the answer here is do. Stop thinking, stop planning, stop analyzing, just start doing. Okay, last question before the the interview here. Kay Sketchen says, I have a podcast I want to do to share my love of old stories lore and learn the ins and outs of podcasting. I've written the scripts and borrowed the mic, but I know storytelling has been done. I listen to some of them myself. Is it bad manners for me to do something similar? That's a great question. And here's my answer to that. It's all been done. All of it, right? It's just a matter of the fact that no one's heard you say it. Like how many things have I said on this show that you've heard? And not only have you heard them, but everything I've said, it's nothing new. The reason that you might think that it's inspiring is just because you actually knew it already. And it just reminds you of truth that you already know. But everything's been done, okay? All different kinds of colors have been used, all different kinds of notes, all different kinds of words. It's all been used. But the awesome thing is, It matters when you do it because no one is you. You're unique. You're an individual. Your thumbprint is different than anybody's, even your twins. So no one said it through your voice. Nobody's seen it through your eyes. Nobody expressed it the way that you will. So it doesn't matter. And that's what's cool. And when you see something out there that's similar to what you want to do, what you realize is there's an audience for that. Okay. I was amazed when I got my book deal. I was kind of amazed that Macmillan, and we actually had a bidding war. I talked to many other publishers and we finally went with Macmillan. But I was amazed that such big publishers wanted to publish yet another book that is basically about helping people step out of their own way and really go for what they want. I mean, how many books, right? But I guess what's so cool about the world and the way that human nature is, is that there's always room for what you have to say, because not everyone hears that same message from someone else. There are times where somebody has said to me, you know, what you just said, I have heard that a thousand times, but it never really clicked until you said it. Because that's just like dating, right? It's like you can meet 500 other guys that have the same build, the same hair color, do the same job, but that's that one particular guy is the one that you click with. And it's the same thing for, you know, lots of other things. You know, you can look at lots of houses that have the same specs, but there's something about the house you choose. It's something about it that clicks with you. So there's always room for more human beings doing things that they feel passionate and inspired about because there's going to be another group of people 
you will find your tribe and that tribe will say, yeah, I had heard that. But when she did it or when he did it, that's when I really got it. When she started doing that, that's when I saw it. That's when it really moved me. So go ahead and do it. It doesn't matter. In fact, I'm a big believer of not even paying so much attention to how popular other things are because that also doesn't matter. There's 7 billion people in the world. I didn't think about it. When I started a podcast, I wasn't thinking, oh no, all these other shows already have an audience. It's like, great, that just means that there's audience members out there. So what does it matter? And then you just go for it. And then yesterday, this is a true story, I'm Googling, sometimes I Google, I'm sure you guys do this, sometimes I Google the name of the podcast or the name or my name to see if anybody's like written about me in a blog or article, or whatever. And sometimes I've been seeing them, especially about the podcast, but yesterday I Google it and I see that we've been mentioned in the New York Times next to like how I built this and several other shows that to me are sort of at the top of their game in in this genre, right? So I was like, wow, look at that. And I just got a mic and we just got together and started, you know, recording some episodes and look where we are now. Like I was speaking at Podcast Movement. Somebody said to me, wow, it's harder to speak at Podcast Movement than it is to get into Harvard. And it's like, you know what? It's amazing when you don't overthink it and you just start. Okay, thanks to Blue Apron for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Let me tell you, it's a better way to cook. I can't believe how much this has changed things for me. Every single night, I used to say, oh my God, I've been working this half of the day. The other half of the day, I've been with my kids. When on earth would I have had time to go to the market to plan what kind of interesting thing I'm gonna make? What would wind up happening is we would eat turkey slices or we'd have cereal or I'd make pasta, which just isn't a way to live day after day after day. So Blue Apron comes along Every week, I get so excited. I get an email that says, your box is on its way. you know. And then I go outside later that day. There's this awesome box. It's packed on dry ice. Everything is fresh. Nothing's been pre-cooked, but it takes all the guesswork out of it for me. I come into the kitchen. I open up the box. The kids are all excited. They want to see what's in there. We get fish. We get vegetables. Everything's fresh. It's healthy. There's no preservatives. And it's pre-proportioned, so there's no waste. We whip up a really cool, interesting dinner. It's never the same. Recipes aren't repeated. How they do that, I don't understand. And I don't have to stress about it. So it's awesome. Blue Apron knows that cooking with incredible ingredients makes incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of suppliers and local family-run farms and fisheries and ranchers. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals from Blue Apron, so don't wait. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash dreamjob. That's blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Society6 for supporting this podcast. Society6 is a community designed to help you explore and discover your favorite one-of-a-kind must-have essentials. Over 250,000 artists have uploaded original designs on 40 different products across home decor, art, apparel, and accessory categories. They bring style and flair to your everyday items and a wide variety of differently designed products, art prints, phone cases, makeup pouches, throw pillows, blankets, wall tapestries, and more. Four million unique designs have been uploaded to date, ensuring shoppers are guaranteed to find products perfectly matched to their personal style. Best of all, they're offering all of us 20% off plus free shipping by going to society6.com slash dreamjob and entering my code dreamjob, that's one word, dreamjob, at checkout. So I went onto Society6 and I was overwhelmed by how much cool stuff there is. There's a few tank tops I liked. One of them says, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. Thought that was hilarious. There's a, a mug that I liked with this really cute picture of a sun, like a sunshine combing its hair. And it says, here combs the sun. I thought that was really cute. There's another shirt that says, I'm sorry, did I roll my eyes out loud? There's just so much cool stuff on here. Honestly, like I went on, I was going to buy a couple things and I just kept filling my cart because I couldn't believe how much cool stuff there was. What I love about it is this is work from real artists. So if you're an artist, by the way, you guys should use Society6. And if you're somebody who just wants to support art and get some cool stuff, whether it's an iPhone case or a really cool mug or a t-shirt, this is the place to find it. Products aren't made until they're purchased, making every piece extremely unique. And with every purchase made, an artist is paid. So for the love of art, go to society6.com slash dreamjob and enter my code dreamjob at checkout to receive 20% off your order plus free shipping. How can you beat that? That's society6.com slash dreamjob. Enter my code dreamjob, all one word, at checkout to receive 20% off your order plus free shipping. Amplify your lifestyle with the perfect artwork. Don't wait. Discover it. Now remember, one of the best ways for you guys to support us 
is to support our sponsors. You support our sponsors. Our sponsors continue to keep supporting our show, which helps us keep this whole team going. Um, So go ahead and support the sponsors and you'll get some great stuff. All right, so we're now going to dive into my guest today. Her name is Luria Petrucci, and um, let's hear her story. Let's get into it. And you guys, come find me on Facebook at my Facebook group. I look forward to doing some Q&As with you. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I look forward to getting to see you, getting to know you. Let's talk. Let's actually take this to the next level, and let's spend some time together. So join me on Facebook. I'll see you at the Facebook group. All right, here comes the episode. Well, here we are. First, let me just say we're live at Podcast Movement on the floor. Everyone's bustling around. It's exciting. There's energy. People are learning things and teaching things. And people are having transformational experiences. No, it's, it's been a good time. I spoke yesterday. I'm sitting here with Loria Pachucci, and she is someone you guys probably know. If you don't know her, uh, if you Google her or go to Instagram, YouTube, you'll be like, this girl... This girl's been hustling for a while. 11 years, right? 11 years, yeah. 11 years. She's so pretty and young. I was like, 11 years? Did you start when you were five? <laughs> and she's like... I think we're about the same age. I, we're about the same age. <laughs> it's exciting for me that I look 15 years older than her. No, oh, I'm kidding. Oh, you do not. She's just being nice. Anyways, so first I want you to tell everybody, what do you do? And then I want to figure out how you did that. Okay. And then I want to kind of pick that apart. Sure. Tell everybody what you do. So I teach entrepreneurs how to use live video to yes. grow their business. So Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, um, and that comes from a, ten years of experience with live video itself. So okay, that is awesome. My heart rate just went up because I was like, I want to learn that more. That's awesome. My producer, Tim Street, is amazing. He's like, look who I booked for your show. And I already thought she was amazing, but I didn't know we were going to hear her say that. She wants to teach entrepreneurs how to use live video. Do you guys hear this? Because if you're listening to my show, we talk about content all the time and how going live, in fact, I just talked about this in my talk yesterday here at Podcast Movement, that engaging a Facebook group and using live video is awesome. So let's, we're going to find out about that. But back up for a second. Tell us what you did. How did it start? And what yeah. were you basically primarily doing for 11 years? What do you mean you were using live video? What were you taking live video of? How did that start? So 11 years ago, 2005, I started. I was one of the first video podcasters to even have a, something available on the video iPod that Apple released in 2005. And um, so I was early on in the space and I was doing tech news and reviews. So that was the thing that I knew and kind of was passionate about at the time was tech and so it made sense. And so you started, what was your first video about? Oh, um, so the first video I did was uh, five different stories I think about new things like the Razor phone. I don't oh. know if you remember the <laughs> Razor phone, but I was excited about it. Yes, um, things like that and just fun geeky gadgets. That is an evergreen video. Oh Everyone my needs that now. Yes, yeah, seriously. I'm just kidding. Uh, but look, you have, this is the whole thing, though, people. We have to start. We can't decide that we're going to know exactly what someone, something is going to be worth or what content. We can't ruminate over. Just start. That's what she was interested in. She did something. But it worked out, didn't it, Luria? It did very much. And I, I just want to, you know, it's, it's been an 11-year journey, and I had absolutely no idea. I was extremely shy when I first started. Yeah, you don't seem and shy I, at all. Well, I still am shy. I, I just want to point that out because I think a lot of us podcasters and a lot of of us entrepreneurs and business owners are very introvert type people. Right. And you're and saying that's okay too. That's okay too. There's room I, for those people too. Absolutely. 100%. Like how you know, those people. Cause my husband's always saying like, you're such an extrovert and I'm an introvert and that's where all our problems stem from. <laughs> um, but, but you can be an introvert and you and can make still a video. be successful. So for people who haven't yet gone and stopped the podcast, if they didn't know you to see how big of a following you have, tell us how how long did it take you to sort of hit that first big milestone? So early on in those days, because I was a, one of the first out the gate, which is important to realize anytime there is something new like live video or something right. new, if you're first out of the gate, you have an early mover advantage, yep. right? So uh, because of that, I had 2,000 viewers almost immediately, and I was quitting my day job because I had built such an audience within five months. So it was very, very quick. That doesn't happen these days. And you were putting these videos on YouTube? Uh, no, YouTube was even just beginning. So there. where were you putting these videos? I was iTunes. So you it was only available on iTunes. On the video podcast? Yes. 
of iTunes. Yep. And you had 2,000. And within a year, how many do you think you had? God, I don't even know, but <laughs> I don't know lots. <laughs> anyway, now you have, what, hundreds of thousands, right? Well, so interestingly enough, about two years ago, I actually switched gears entirely, and um, I had to start from scratch. So I had built up over, like, nine years, two million social media followers. I had had one billion video views and uh, wow. yeah, over 100,000 YouTube subscribers. And then two years ago, I decided I'm not, I'm not really into the tech thing anymore. Right. I'm burnt out, and I want to actually do something more with my life and teach what I've learned because that's the number one thing yes. people was ask, were asking me. Yeah. I, how do you do what I and that is what, so, what that I is do so, so valuable. Yeah. So for nine years, you made videos about tech. Yes. And you put those on Apple, and, and you probably eventually and, went and on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. You yeah. came in there. Okay. Great. So. Let, let's reverse engineer that. Okay. That, I really get why, first of all, you're somebody who's a hustler. So when you got to the top of your game, you were like, let's start over. Let's play a new game. Because you <laughs> like, I mean, I, and that makes sense in a way. It's like that when you get to the top, it's kind of boring at the top. You're like, I've already done it. I've won. So let's play a new game, right? So you started out again, but this time you wanted to help people understand how you built that. Yeah. How did you build that? I, a lot of a lot of hustling. I mean, I, I I'm not a super fan of that word, but it is true. You know, it is Why accurate. Not? Oh, just because it's overused these days. Oh. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> but like the process. So what I did was I I think the key to my success over those nine years was not settling. So I didn't do what everybody Ooh, else did. Um, what does and that I, mean, not settling? Um, I, I wasn't happy with good enough. I wasn't happy with the quality that other people were doing, and I wanted to push the boundaries and push the limits and try new things. So, for example, here's just a, a quick example. So GoDaddy was a sponsor. and uh, this was Now, you have to keep in mind, this was early, early days. This stuff did not exist back then, and so GoDaddy was sponsoring, and I did this stupid little commercial for them where I went on a green screen, and I recorded one, one of me, and then I recorded a second of me. Me, and I was talking to each other. Adorable. And it was it was so funny. And at the time, idea? I mean, it was both Can't of our ideas who we were working on it. But it was yeah, it was just a weird, funny thing to experiment with because we knew didn't know what we could do in the world of podcasting yet, right? And I still think that even though we have podcast movement and we have these massive numbers in the podcasting space we are still very early on in this space and Ooh, I, I love don't hearing care. that some people are like the peak oh, it's, it's old. the peak man it's no. like how could it be the peak it's well, like it's always the iPhone changing. is going to change another 17,000 times like yes. we're just starting it's always going to evolve and move and so I think it's really important that you don't settle for what everybody else is doing so yes learn from other people but don't allow that to be your limit. Let's talk about starting. So many people who are gonna listen to you and then go and find out that you had a billion video views and two million social media followers and all that stuff are gonna say, that's really intimidating, that's really overwhelming, that feels two lifetimes away. Sure. Um, what am I supposed to do now, right now? Yeah. Not in seven years, not when I have the money mm -hmm. to have better video equipment. What's the first four steps? First four steps is regardless of the platform that you're trying to do, blog, video, uh, live video, whatever it is, first get started. If it's live video, hit that record, or that, that go live button. If it's video, hit that go live, or that record button. I keep <laughs> reversing that. If it's, if it's a blog, then just hit that post button. You've got to get started. So that's your number one, is n not even allowing yourself to, to hit a limit there and just get going. Second is to continue hitting that, that button, that publish button. Consistency. Consistency Stay is in it. absolutely key. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Because your first 20, 50 episodes of whatever you're doing are going to suck. And, um, you know, I don't love the idea of really hardcore promoting yourself until you kind of get into a groove. Because it does take a little bit to get into a Got groove. It. So give yourself some space give yourself some uh, slack and keep pushing. Now, I, you know, you have to start getting the word out, right? So when it comes time to do that, you want to 
build relationships. What does that mean? So you've got to go out into other people's communities and make yourself valuable to their communities. What does that look like? Give so, me an example. So let's say your show, right? So if, if you and I were talking, I would tell you to go into other Facebook groups who that are business focused or inspirational focused and start helping other people. You had so to take you, that you, first step. You go into other people's groups, let's say. Yeah. Are you doing Facebook Live in those people's groups? Are you just posting? Are you just offering comments to other people? Look at what other people, so it's different for every group, right? So look at what other people are needing. What are they asking questions about? What are they um, talking about? And you know, you can take a few different approaches based on the group. Most groups don't allow you to go live, so be careful of that, right. those rules. Right. Um, but you would, if somebody is asking a question about, let's say you do a, you, you're, expertise is fly fishing <laughs> I and love somebody's that example. <laughs> I don't know why I pulled that one out I know nothing huge, about fly it's fishing it's a huge market okay <laughs> I met about 14 fly fishermen here yesterday Fantastic. just yesterday <laughs> go ahead um then you know if I go in a group and ask what's the best hook to use because I know nothing Look about it. it then you know on the spot making it up <laughs> go ahead then then you would just answer that question just be val- be a value and help others achieve the goals that they're looking to achieve. Okay. So then you can start to book yourself on other people's shows. Take advantage of other people's shows, right? And and start to get the name out there. Start to to tell other people about yourself in the most appropriate way. Yeah. Not blasts, but again, it all boils down to the value. So if you're going to go on somebody else's show, it's got to be valuable and appropriate for that audience and got to make sense, right? Yep. That makes sense. And email list, I mean, email lists these days are absolutely key. You How know, would you grow an email list if you've like, oh, that sounds so over. I've never done that before. So if you uh, are a chef and you're wanting to do a blog or a video or whatever on cooking, then you could do what what's called an opt-in or a freebie and you can have a maybe top 10 tools to use in the yep. kitchen or something yep. like that, right? Yep. And offer that a value and then that gets them on your email list and uh, you start to nurture them and you start to take care of them and provide them extra value. And then when you have a product to sell, then you could, hey, I have this and this how is a good match. How are you emailing that list? It very much depends on how new it is and what you, how much you have to offer. So some people do once a week. Um, I do daily. So wow, yeah. What are you sending? You make content <laughs> daily. I do. I do. Posting so some videos daily or what? No. So uh, I do a live show twice a week, and so sometimes there are promotions against what the content is on the live show. Sometimes it's just. Something that happens, you know, a conversation that I had that I think is valuable to to the masses, right? And so I'll just send an email that kind of describes this conversation and says, here's a little tidbit for you today. Just a little extra learning. How much time are you spending scrutinizing these emails and scrutinizing the videos you're making? When you sit down to make any kind of content... I mean, are you spending hours? Is that something that seems really overwhelming or you kind of just have it down now? Well, I've been doing it for a long time, so I kind of have it down, but I bulk prep. Um, You can't shoot live bulk, but I can prep it. So I bulk prep everything. And so I plan out based on what my business model of that is. So I, I plan out like, you know, a month at least in advance of what content I'm doing and what pieces of the marketing funnel that I'm bringing into the mix. Wow. When you look back at those first nine years, you already said quality of video. What else do you think set you apart? Not taking myself too seriously. <laughs> That's good. I just had fun with it. You know, I, I didn't pretend to be somebody I wasn't. I was always, I think one of the things I've heard because I was inducted into the Hall of Fame last night. And, Way to go. Congrats. Um, <laughs> thanks. That, I don't usually like to talk about that, but the reason I that know, I'm that's saying very that sweet, but that's cool. <laughs> is because most people have come up to me and said, the reason that I feel like that that was a good thing or that I'm proud of you for doing that is 
because you are so authentic throughout the and, and authentic is a word that's thrown around so much these days that it's kind of lost its meaning but what that meant to me and what I've always done is just really take people behind the scenes and allow them to be in my life as much as I'm in my life. Give us an example. What is one of the one of those best most viewed videos look like? Um, what, and in the way that you mean authentic. Yeah, in, the, in, the, in that it's about taking people on a journey. So that's the way I kind of look at it. So when I'm out paddleboarding, they're along for the ride with me. And that, that's what we know as a vlog, right? Or a live video. But it's, it's not about one single video. It's about the whole approach yeah, yeah. to um, openness and to allowing people to feel connected and like we're friends. Yep. So people come up to me and they feel like they know me, right? Yep. And that's key to having longevity. Yeah, because you really bring them on the inside. You're yeah. not putting on a front. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, let's go a little deeper here yeah. because that has a negativity side to it. So when I got divorced and I was living that publicly. That's um, so hard. That was hard. And God, so it's already hard and then you have to do it <laughs> like on camera. But because, you know, because I had always been so open and honest and just allowed them to be in my life. Now, there were definitely pieces of the divorce that I never talked about or let out. Other people did. But it, it had a positive and a negative to it. So I don't want to say that it's all positive. But it has been the key to my longevity and to having loyal viewers. Even when I switched gears and lost right. my entire audience, they were still there supporting me along the way. That's amazing. How important is live video? Do you think it's 20% more effective than a blog? Written word is what I'm saying. Like the, the medium going live. How much more so does that help you break through noise and grab an audience than, I guess, the written word or, you know, just having an email list or the, the other ways that you can attract people? Well, first of all, let me say, you got to do what meshes with you right. and your personality. So I will never tell you, you have to do live video because not all of us are, you know, meant for it. Right. And so what meshes with you is key because otherwise you won't be successful at it. So there's that. But with live video, when you take written word and then you take podcasting, audio podcasting, audio podcasting has a, a much deeper connection than a blog. Video has a much deeper connection than a podcast because saying. you can start to see people's right. eyes. Now you have then, audio and visual, yeah. Yeah. Now live video, you have this full-on conversation. Yeah, it's not a one-way awesome. conversation. Yeah. So the impact is, I don't, I can't even put a percentage on it. It's, it's so much greater because there is true authenticity. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about it from a business perspective is that it, when you are trying to make yourself seen as an expert in your industry online, there is a lot of noise. There are a lot of people doing this stuff, right? But you've got to attract the audience that's right for you. Yeah. And live video has this component that no one talks about. And there are two pieces here. One, it makes you a better communicator because you have to go live and there are no redos, right? So you learn to communicate really, really well and That's really awesome. succinctly. That's a good skill for yeah, life. Yeah, it really is for everything you do. <laughs> Secondly, it tells people automatically that you are an expert at what you're talking about without you ever saying, I am an expert. Because Ooh, when people join live, they know that there's no fake to it. There's no editing to it, right? So they just instinctually know that when you answer a question, you have confidence on, around that. You can just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to. They prep. don't have any doubt. Wow. If you have a business and you create a Facebook group, mm -hmm. first of all, do you think that's a great place to go live in Facebook groups? Absolutely. Or do you think Facebook pages, it doesn't matter? Well, it depends on your structure of the model. So I, I teach deep, I teach strategy, and, and it all depends on where you're starting and where you're ending up in terms of where you go live, right? So there are a lot of pieces to that puzzle, but the simple answer is yes, you, you definitely need to do it on your page. In addition to that, group is great. Got it. It's a great how, community builder. How often do you think a person should do it, ideally? Once a week. At least. At, at least, week. yes. Okay. 
I don't, I don't recommend most people go daily. If you have the capacity and the energy and the, well, capacity for it, then uh, daily will actually push you forward quite a bit. But. And do you think people should just go on and be like, hey, I just went to Starbucks? Or do you think people should have a planned yes. idea of what they're going to talk about? So there, there are two things here. So I talk about strategy a lot. And so what I want you to think about is two types of live videos. One, a weekly show where it's content, it's value driven. You're prepared, you're talking about this particular topic Smart. and you're promising them value, they're getting it. Secondly, you have a life stream. Instead of a live stream, oh, it is a life nice. stream. These are random, fun streams that engage on a deeper human connection. So you level. did that. You had your nine years of reviewing stuff. Mm -hmm. So that would be twice a week, and then how many times a week would be like the life stuff, like the paddle boarding? I mean, so when you are just starting out, go live once a week for the weekly show, and go live once a week for a live stream, and you can add to that as you grow. But that's a good place to start. And that's and now how currently what do you do? Oh, it's all over the place. I mean, I do two day oh, two, two weekly, weekly shows, shows, and then live streams are probably four or five times a week. Do you teach a course? Yes. So you want to tell us about that? <laughs> so uh, we have all sorts of different workshops based on technical stuff that you need to know and strategy. I just closed enrollment for my strategy workshop, but that'll be opening up next year sometime. So where can people engage with you more? Uh, Facebook.com slash livestreamingpros is my Facebook page. Uh, the website is livestreamingpros.com, and we have a free training section on the website. Cool. So if you are just getting started and you want to know where to even start, well, then that's a great place, too. It's so fantastic. I learned so much. And you can just see what a, what a master you are of it, the way you talk about it and how <laughs> deep you can go with it. Um, so... Once you've amassed two million followers and a billion video views, you've built... You keep throwing those numbers out. Because don't you think it's impressive? <laughs> it's impressive, right? You built it one by one. The trust, and the, that, it's amazing. But that becomes a big business. It becomes a big business. So once you're, you're flowing and that's going, what are you supposed to look out for? Are there any potholes? Are there any things that people should be aware of so you can steer clear of that when you're you're all excited, you're creative, and now it's making money. And how do you make sure that that part stays cool? I've made all kinds of mistakes along the way. So Me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> haven't we all? And you're not doing it right if you're not making mistakes. But I think one of the the biggest issues that creative people who have this passion for the content piece make a mistake in is. I think we're very trusting as creative people. Um, and I don't like to say don't be trusting because I'm a very trusting person. And I, even given some experiences that I've had, I'm still a very trusting person, but I'm more cautious in that trust. So what I mean by that is um, contracts. Uh, so I've had a couple of partnerships uh, where they both fell apart uh, for many reasons, but you know, when oh, it came down so to hard. the contract, it, I had Oof. made a mistake in not actually running it through my own lawyer. Yeah, um, I've done that before. Yeah, you know, and and everybody tells you to do it. And mm -hmm. honestly, when I'm in the middle of that, it both times when I was in the middle of everybody telling me, giving me the advice to talk to a lawyer, oh, I no. was thinking, I don't have the money for that. Ooh. And, and did it, boy, did it cost. Yeah, seriously, yeah. right? So, like, I know what you're thinking when you're when I'm telling you right now to go talk to a lawyer with your contract. You're thinking that's too much effort. One, you don't want to start this relationship off yeah, with, you don't a, be with adversarial. a bad. Yeah, you want to be nice. You want to. We're all partners here. We're all good. We're yeah. gonna. This is gonna be great. Um, second. You don't have the money. You're stretched too thin already. Yep. It's going to take extra time, by the way, to go through that process. And it you want to get going. Yep. Unfortunately, there is no better answer than to talk to a lawyer. Totally. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, but, yeah, that, those have been my mistakes, yep. um, not going through that process. And even when I did go through that process and have a lawyer, I still made some mistakes along that way. So, you know... When it comes down to the contract itself, important. be very, very important. Don't overlook that. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple of our listeners sent in questions. I told them I was going to record a podcast today, Podcast Movement. And I, can I just throw a couple of these out at you? Absolutely. I love that. Okay. 
So somebody wrote in, I'm currently working a full-time job that I want to quit, but it's paying my student loans. I'm about to finish culinary school, which is paid off, but I have debt from my master's degree. It would be more responsible to keep my current job that I hate rather than take a minimum wage job at a restaurant that I actually want just to pay off the bills. I'm also married to someone who has a serious opinion about what I should do financially. That's tough. Should I go with my gut and quit my job, or should I continue being responsible and slightly miserable? <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, so here's the deal. I am never going to tell you to put yourself at financial risk. You know, like, honestly, I've done it at times, um, and it's really, really, really tough, and I wouldn't advise that by any means. So you've got to, I would suggest that you stay miserable a little bit longer, but working on happiness, working on that goal of happiness, side hustle, side job, you know, like side business, um, and work towards something. Get yourself up to matching or just under it so that it's not a painful, like super painful financial situation, but maybe you're still stretched a little bit, that would be okay. But you don't want to put yourself into more debt. You don't want to put yourself into more stress. So you're saying people overlook this whole side hustle thing. And that is one way to start this runway. Yeah. And then when you leave, you have something to land on. I mean, there are plenty of people Like, who... you really think that's legitimate? You can have a, a full-on side hustle and it can lead to something Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Because you're living proof of that. Yes. <laughs> and I know many, many other podcasters who are. Awesome. Here's one quick one. The Sober Hipster. That's her handle on Instagram. She says, what's your opinion on how long it should take a new startup or a side hustle? Oh, perfect. To turn into a profit. So how long should that take, in your opinion? How long uh, do you give that? I wouldn't have any answer for you on that one because it's different for every single person. Don't, you know, set your own realistic expectations and try for as quickly as you can. But it also is going to take longer than you expect. Every single one of my businesses has taken longer than I had hoped for or expected. Got it. Meg says, what are your suggestions for dealing with a chronic illness? If you're a person who can't work a standard nine to five job and you're trying to make a living through your craft. You know, so it really is about the effort that you put in. I have students who, who deal with deal with chronic illnesses and are building businesses. Look at that. You gotta give yourself some some leeway and some yeah, you know, some leeway in that process, but at the same time I would encourage you to not use that as an excuse. So many times people use illnesses or tiredness or having a new baby as an excuse for not getting the results. So I, it's my job as a coach to be kind of hard when I have to be, and that's the key here is doing what it takes to get through that process. So I don't know what the chronic illness is, so that's a medical thing, but don't use it as an excuse. God, is that good advice? <laughs> there are no excuses, and that was so inspiring. And if somebody with a dream can start out in one place from scratch and build that into like basically an empire, Anyone can do that. There's nothing inherently different about you no, physiologically or it's not like you have a shooting star. It's right. like you put in the work. Yeah. Honestly, you I were just consistent. worked my ass off. That's really, yeah, you yeah. can't get around that part. You can't. Before you sign off, what's your advice for people listening right now? Some people don't know what an email list looks like. Yeah. They have never gone live on video, but they have a dream. They yeah. have something they want to do, whether they're a dancer or a photographer or a baker or a sculptor. What's your advice to them? Nike's advice is just perfect. Just do it, you know, <laughs> and that's easier said than done. I understand, but it is about that one action, that one step towards putting it out there and it's scary. And that's a good sign. If it is scary, you are on the right track. Why? Because you're growing? Because you're growing, you're pushing, uh, you're afraid of people people's reactions and that means your heart is in it and that's where magic happens a follow-up to that when you started you said well when I was first starting out I was ramping up when I got to 2000 I was able to quit my day job so if somebody's starting they might be listening to you right now and saying I can't do this I have a day job how yeah. do you start when you already have a job when you already have a job it's tough 
I let's let's just put it out there, right? It's tough. Yep. But uh, you got to be committed to to taking that action. If you have kids, it's even tougher. But you got to set aside a couple of hours a day to work on it. You know, and and do something. Put something. And that's what you did, right? Out there, yeah. I mean, I was. You had a job when you first. I started. had a day job, and I was spending all night getting you know four hours of sleep a night. I don't recommend that, but sometimes I that's that. where you got to start, right? Yep. Like. That's that's what it takes if you're going to actually achieve the end result. So put your goals down on paper. Right. Make sure you are looking at those and thinking about those and reminding yourself when it gets tough that that's where you're going. Yep. You really got there. I mean, you said go daddy, but you oh, probably had no. dozens and yeah. dozens and dozens of sponsors. Yeah. And that's real freedom because you get to make it up now, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can take a you can take the sponsorship route, or you can take the your own sponsor route, right? Which is what I'm doing now. I got tired of the sponsorship model yep. over nine years, and so now I'm. It's all about me yeah, sponsoring my own audience, content. You can let, turn that into anything else. Exactly. exactly. What you, whatever your product is, if you're selling cheesecake, if you're selling albums, if you're selling a course, yeah, you build the audience. Can I give one more piece of advice for I these love that. people who are just starting? And you you mentioned overwhelmed or not sure where to start yeah. there's a lot of content out there if you're trying to build so much um, and one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're just starting is consuming so much how to's and consuming so much education that they forget to actually implement it uh, love it so try not to do that yes you do need some education yes yep. you do need to buy a course on how to do this or something like that right but so true I oh, love this point implementation is yes. key to your success totally. so don't get overdone like in the, the education analysis leads to paralysis yes like people just, exactly and then they feel like they can't do totally anything. I totally hear that uh, thank you for spending this time with us thank you for having you're me a you're a delight wonderful. you're humble you're smart and you've put in the hours like you've done <laughs> it like you're a person who thoroughly has built this from the ground up and that's super exciting and I want I'm going to be on your Facebook group learning more from awesome. you awesome I can't wait to have you awesome <laughs> thank you great okay so thanks to sure for, for providing the microphones for our live podcast recording at podcast movement if you guys want more info on sure you can go to sure.com that's s-h-u-r-e dot com so fun so fun meeting Luria okay here are some takeaways number one learn from other people but don't allow that to be your limit number two build relationships Number three, be of value and help others with the goals they're looking to achieve. Number four, just do it. Number five, if it's scary, then you're on the right track. That means your heart is in it. Number six, put your goals down on paper. Remind yourself that when it gets tough, that's where you're going. Number seven, yes, you need some education, but don't forget to implement it. All right, that's all for us today from Don't Keep Your Day Job. Come to the Facebook group for Don't Keep Your Day Job. Come hang out with me on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and come follow me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller. Thank you guys for the love and support. I'll talk to you next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.